Yeah, good stuff. You know, real good stuff from Richard Sherman. Caleb Herring is here. He's co-hosting on Cofield and Company. Four o'clock hour. Welcome in Reno. We're going to have uh, as much coverage of the NFL draft as we can over the next two hours. We'll try to go to the podium a lot, especially leading up to the Raiders pick at 38. Really important second and third round for Las Vegas. And the second round is going to start here. We'll see the uh, the clock. They cut down the time, right? Doesn't it go down to five instead of ten minutes? I think so, yeah. For, for day two and three, I think it goes down. What do you think of last night, the pace of it and the sound of it? Who would you watch? I watched the first five, honestly, and then the rest I just kind of looked at the ticker. Okay. Like I, I didn't really keep up because what, what game was on last night basketball-wise? That I, Celtics. Celtics, Hawks. Yeah. yeah, it was the only basketball game on. So I was Golden Knights were on, that. too. Yeah, that's true. They had it kind of sewed up. So I was just watching other things. But I thought the pace was fine, though. I mean, I, I didn't feel like I waited too long for any picks. Um, and there wasn't drastic movement, I guess. So I think the official clock has started now okay. today. Uh, we just went to a commercial break. We dropped out. But I think the official clock, whoever's on the – is it with the first pick today? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. They're officially on the clock, I think, right now. So right. hopefully it's not too long away. Uh, Mateo, you saw the same thing, right, the overhead shot? Not a gigantic crowd. No. It kind of dissipated from, yeah, they, from yesterday. <laughs> I also – I think the setup's weird. While it looked really cool on TV, a giant pond fountain – in the like in front of the stage, yeah, I, I thought mean, that was a bit cumbersome. And it it seems like, and I you know maybe this is just the Vegas in me talking. They're trying to duplicate something from last year, which was the fountains at Bellagio being featured Whoa. so heavily. And it, it it's, it's, not, it's who, not quite the who same would, thing. Yeah, who would who would want to be the city that follows up Vegas? Yeah, right. Like I'm, I'm there's a lot of things that Vegas has experience doing. Putting on a good show and a spectacle is one of them. So I, I thought Kansas we were city next is like I thought we were smart too though we kind of limited the space that was in front of yeah, true the draft so it looked it looked good um, Nashville and Philly may never be matched because Nashville had this long corridor yeah um, of fans like it just it looked like they were and Philly was just it, it was ridiculous it's ridiculous it, there those fans are so there was a guy I started laughing when their pick their second pick was up the Eagles at thirty they come back from break and there's a guy with like the jersey on, the pads, green and white face paint, green hair, a mohawk. I'm like, bro, I love football, but come on, dial it down. But that's that's Philly, yeah, and, and that's why when you do the draft in Philly, there's literally like five hundred thousand people on day one, yeah. and then it's almost as crowded on day two. Um, I, I think the NFL, as they do this, they're going to realize like they hit the jackpot on the first three places. I'm not saying that we had. The greatest attendance last year because right. we had a smaller area, but we did make it into two spots. And then the visuals, the optics of the draft here, no one can match that. And, that, and that's the thing. It's either you go for the visuals and the venue to, to make the spectacle, or you go for the people and the atmosphere. So you go for the fan bases that are the most fanatical. And Philly is at the top of the list. And not everyone sports. gets a draft. <laughs> not every Cleveland got yes. it. You don't all get the draft, no, okay? You don't get it. Like, no one, everyone doesn't get the Super Bowl. You're Listen, you've been allowed to be in the NFL not everyone gets a draft. Not every city is cool. <laughs> so not every city can handle it weather-wise. So Jacksonville's out. Yeah, Jacks. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going down because I. I think we need like a list, I said Cofield. to you a million times. No, I'm not doing a list. <laughs> yeah. That's Adam Hill's area, but he's also not objective because he keeps putting Indy in the top five. Yeah. No, I will. There are cities I like to travel to more than others, but I will never like officially trash a city. Because my basic needs can be really be fulfilled by Anywhere. any city. I, I agree with that. Bars, 
and some restaurants. I will say this, though, and I'm not going to say whether I agree with this statement or not, but I will say I've heard Cleveland bashed the most of any city yeah. or destination uh, in one way or another. I will just throw that out there and put that in the air. I don't know that that would ever be a destination, but I've heard negative things. But I'm the same as you. I will find a way to enjoy my travel experience at just about any city anywhere because we're into the kind of the same kind of thing. We're going to find a dive bar somewhere, uh, some local food that's just all the rave, and have a good time, right? I, uh, I played some audio, at least a vast sound crew, grabbed some audio from some podcast uh, with, uh, what's his name, uh, Brendan Schaub, who used to fight in the UFC, and his comedian buddy, uh, Brian Callen, and some other guy. And they were, like, raving that the other guy goes out to bars by himself. And they're like, oh, the last, last American male. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? That's definitely that's, a normal that's, thing. That's me on every road trip. If you, if, if you guys come along, you come along. If you yeah. don't, I'm going out. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's I like, love people. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I can't wait to talk to people. I just I like bar atmospheres. Yeah, and, yeah. and we find some really cool ones out yeah, on the road with you know people. It's great. So what this is all leading back to is we just talked to a social media influencer creator, Katie Feeney, who's got like 3.25 million followers on YouTube. I truly believe that if we do it the right way, we develop it over the summer, that by the end of September, our food blog, we can do some video. Oh, great. And I bet you we I bet you we can get like 3 or 400 f- f- views complete. Yeah, that's it. About 300, 400. That's it. <laughs> yes. yeah. Can we Can we do it? Can we, you know can what, we get into the thousands? Can we do something? It's about know-how, I think. And it's like dedication to the know-how. Yeah. I'm not the most. There he is. There's the <laughs> Eagles guy. There he is. He's wearing the makeup. You didn't wash your face, did you? He's wearing the makeup again. <laughs> he didn't shower last night. Look at night. this guy. Oh, he's got a smell. Look at look at the there's Bill's fans that's, behind him. Yeah, look at the fans behind him. We're like, that's a he full get up. He's got shoulder pads and everything. He's wow. got to be sweating under there. By the way, how did they let. That many Chargers fans to within like three rows of the front. What's and going it's on? It's making Kansas me City? question Kansas City fans. Like, uh, you got to beat how them did up. You allow that? We got some fights at the draft. This is hardcore stuff. <laughs> Real hardcore. <laughs> uh, so the second round is going to start here in a second. Uh, best available. I'm just going off one list up on CBS. Uh, Joey Porter, the cornerback from Penn State. Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. Levis is listed. I don't think he's one of the best available. Michael, Michael Mayer, Mayer, the tight yeah. end from Notre Dame. Who else is on there? Do you see? Uh, Drew Sanders, uh, Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina. Raiders, keep an eye out for him. Um, Osiris Torrance out of Florida, offensive guard. Darnell Washington, we'll see. There's some, yeah. there's some, there's our some local, names on there. Our yeah. local from Desert Pines, yeah. Darnell Washington, 6'8", 270. Wouldn't that be great? Replacing Darren Waller, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe. No, but, I mean, the Raiders have some options here as far as their needs. There's some defensive guys that are up there if they slip. Michael Mayer, probably the best tight end available, but. Uh, out of Notre Dame, but yeah, I think. So let's talk about the Will Levis story. So yesterday we were getting a picks, you know, four, five, six, seven, uh, and we didn't get the Raiders pick on and Von Tobel. And I'm probably not retelling this correctly. So I embellish sometimes it's my memory of it, but we kept kind of going back to the well with Will, uh, with Will Levis. And they do that on TV. Mm -hmm. And I see this every year, you know, it's like, Hey, Geno Smith is still on the board. Geno Smith is still. Believe me, I've watched all these. Brady Quinn is still on the board. Brady Quinn is still on the board. Aaron Rodgers still on the board. Like the guys who slip because they've been mocked to go in the top 15. It just becomes this recurring theme. And, you know, we just mentioned the poor kid's sitting there. And, like, we're adding to the misery because we overhype the thing because we all circle on each other and reproduce these mocks. Will Levis was not going in the top 15. And then it got to a point. Where when it reached 20 or 21, I looked, and I'm like, every one of these teams has a quarterback, mm-hmm. and there is no need to aggressively trade up 
into the end of the first round. And then I'm seeing people who cover the Raiders, kind of, social media people who are like, when do they jump up to get Levis? They don't. There's they no don't. Reason. Yeah. And I still believe that he's, he's going to go at the earliest 44th or beyond. And I kind of feel bad for him, although I think he did himself in a little bit. There were reports last night after Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, who there was some Reddit thing that had him going number one at the beginning of the week. Jeez. That was absurd. Todd McShay came out after the draft, and he said, listen, you know, there are some injury rumors out there, and we've gotten confirmation on that, that he had a toe injury at Kentucky. He played with it, which should be a feather in his cap, but maybe he has to get surgery. Okay, that's one thing. But then McShay said there were a few organizations that said he came in, and when he talked, there was an arrogance about him. And we know these interviews are important. And listen, Caleb Herring's here. He played the position. You're the CEO of a franchise. I don't, I don't know what the sweet spot is. I know this. If you're mumbling and you sound like you're not super smart and you're not someone who's engaging, you don't come off as a leader, that's one thing. But you can come off as a horse's ass who projects, hey, I know I'm good and I belong in the NFL. And some people might like that. And I'm not saying Levis did that, but he could have. It's and very that can, possible. That can turn off other people. It's very possible. And there, there's a thing when I know when I was getting recruited, and John Harbaugh said this to me. Um, he said, "There's an it factor with quarterbacks." And when I evaluate quarterbacks, it's it's an intangible thing, but you can feel it when they walk in a room. It's an it factor, um, and it's very possible that he just doesn't have the it factor. And it's not necessarily wow. You, I would Bryce Young for comparison has it. The kid walks into room at 5'10", and he demands respect for whatever the reason is, whether it's his smile, his confidence, his composure, his demeanor, the way he speaks. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But he has it, and people recognize it immediately. It's very possible that Levis doesn't, and that's, that's just a thing. I will say this. Based on the film, based on what I saw from all the quarterbacks mentioned top five, going all the way to Hendon Hooker and, and Richardson, uh, Will Levis and Young and C.J. Stroud, all of them, based on just the film alone, I wouldn't have had Will Levis in the first round. I think there's there was only two <laughs> quarterbacks uh, that were first-rounders to and we, me. And you talked about this. And it, it was C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young that yeah. I would have said, I'll, I'll, I'll spend first-round uh, draft picks on those two guys. Everybody else, eh, if our, you get them, uh, you get them. You know? One of our college football experts, and he, he gambles, so he needs to know his stuff, Brad Powers. Probably going back now eight weeks. And we, we, we got off it because, you know, it's like we, we're not going to keep pounding the kid. But going back eight weeks, when Levis was projected as, you know, the, the third, maybe second best quarterback, he repeatedly said, I don't think he's worth a first-round pick. And so th- now this narrative of him slipping becomes I mean, a story because, like, what, because does that even, put, what does it really mean? And right? that's it, we, it's, it's, you say he slipped because you projected him higher. Because you painted the picture that he should go higher. So now when your projection of where he should go doesn't pan out, it's all of a sudden he slipped. Yeah. No, you were wrong. You slipped. Like, you you shouldn't have been hyping the train as much as you were. And it's a shame. I just agree with Sherman, what he said coming back. It's like you hype these kids up and put these lofty expectations on them when in reality there's one or maybe two that can actually live up to it or have the potential to live up to it. But we put all this stock, especially into quarterbacks, that they're going to be the ones that change. And, this, and think about it with Levis. This goes back a couple of years, back to his college career. 
before he was officially entered into the draft when the hype train started with this guy because of his prototypical size. And similarly with Trevor Lawrence, when he was a freshman at Clemson, it was like he's the next messiah at quarterback. He's perfect for what you want out of a quarterback. And that's, you know, Trevor Lawrence, is, he's making it. He's where he got to the playoffs last year. He's, you know, whatever. But we do this time and time again with the projections of where a guy should go. And this is maybe the positives when you put positive out there or you could put negative out there, like with C.J. Stroud this year. But either way it goes, it's an unfair, unrealistic expectation. And then you create so many different narratives after the fact. So now Will Levis has to sit in the green room and embarrass himself. And, and the amount of times the cameras go back to him with the different women in his life surrounding him is, is just ridiculous. Now we have a sob story about him. I don't like the narratives there when he really is kind of where he should have been all along. So we have a hard clock this hour. We won't be able to get every pick in. Steelers pick is in, so we'll find out what they do here. And then Raiders are up at number 38. We're live at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is the number to call Matt and Justin from anywhere in the state of Nevada. In the north, remember, 775 all right, I might have just lost my bet. My over-under, 43-and-a-half. We just set that today for Will Levis. Cardinals are out of the 33rd pick. Titans have moved up. That was one of the candidates who could take. But I made, you know what? I made this bet knowing the Titans actually had a pick before 44. Yeah. So we'll see if they – we're just going to hear Will Levis, Will Levis, Will – Yeah! It did might they, happen. It might happen. It might up, did they really trade up to get Will Levis? Is the, that Titans, the Titans have traded up. The pick is in. We're going to go to the platform here in a second. So maybe my – bet and the drama I was hoping for of Levis slipping and slipping. And it's nothing against the kid. It's really against us, and it's against what TV does yeah. in pushing this whole thing. But uh, I mean, the Titans does make sense. Because, I mean, are they done with uh, Tannehill? I don't think they believe in Malik Willis. That's the more important thing. That's true. Thing. It, it, the only reason I, like I said, drafting back-to-back quarterbacks yeah. is, is kind, of a, kind of risque, unless they just absolutely saw enough of of Malik Willis to just be like, no, we made a mistake. Uh, first pick of the second round was Joey Porter Jr. To Pittsburgh. He went to Pittsburgh. Of course, his dad played there. He went to Penn State, so that makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, Ari is going to pull these picks up, so let's go up to the podium here in just a second as Raj is back for round number two. The Titans have moved up. The number three overall spot. And Houston comes up. Now they move out in round two. Let's see what Tennessee's here to do. The Arizona Cardinals have traded the 33rd pick to the Tennessee Titans. With the 33rd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky. All right, there you go. Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback who slipped and slipped and slipped, at least according to mock drafts, goes in the second pick of the second round. So I lose my bet. You know, we didn't make bet terms. Um, I will you, – you, you can ask me for whatever you want. Um, I will offer up a meal here. You don't have to say if you're taking it or not, but uh, he, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to get, anything on the menu. Get the whole menu if you want, right? We'll put some good <laughs> – food here is delicious. Um, I highly – Highly recommend the Philly cheesesteak at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. And we just missed on National Pretzel Day on Wednesday, so the pretzel's always good. But whatever you want, my friend. You nailed it. I'm an idiot. You nailed it. <laughs> Someone got aggressive and moved up. Cardinals get more draft stock as they did. Yeah. Draft capital as they did in the first round. Now, Will Levis, 
is gone, and guess what? Uh, you know, the 32nd pick in the draft oh so long ago was Drew Brees. And remember, oh. Derek Carr went very early in the second round, and both of those guys, people thought, hey, they could be first-rounders. They turned out to be pretty good quarterbacks in the NFL, so maybe that's Will Levis with the Titans. All-time greats for franchises, right? Like Drew Brees turned out to be he, not the team that drafted him, but turned out to be an all-time great saint, Hall of Famer. We'll see if Derek Carr makes the Hall of Fame. I would argue that he has a resume for it, but he's an all-time great Raider for sure. So, I mean, who knows? They may have hit something here. But it just, you know, an aggressive move, I think, for the Titans, considering that they just drafted a quarterback. Um, Detroit, Detroit was on the clock next, so maybe they got Maybe they got inklings. spooked, right. Yep. So, um, but we'll see. I, 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 I thought he was a second-round guy. He's gone in the second round, maybe earlier than I thought he would have gone. Um, but the Titans obviously felt like they needed a, a quarterback fix, right, with, uh, with Derrick Henry kind of being on the bubble this year. Um, their window of opportunity may be closing. So maybe they, they decide to get urgently on a guy that they think may be ready to go early in the season, if not week one starter with Will Levis. So does this mean a team with quarterback needs, and that might not be clear until the end of the summer, could there be a team out there that now calls the Titans and they're like, listen, you're going to have a battle between Willis and Levis. One of those guys is going to play. Come up off him. We'll, let's, let's, we'll take Ryan Tannehill for – you know, a bag of footballs. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible. And it, you would probably – that would probably be something that happens in season because you'd want to see, if you're the Titans, like which one of them can actually be. But I think you, you, he's going to get shot. Somebody's going to ask. You know what I would sure. love? Like now for, somebody's probably asking. For no one <laughs> to have an them. interest in Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> and Let them live with it? No. I'll tell you what I would love to see the Raiders do. So the Lions pick is in. They're the 34th pick in the draft as we're live here at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Tracking the second round. Let's go back up to the podium. Raj has the pick. The Lions are next, and here comes the commissioner with the pick. With the 34th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Sam Laporta, tight end, Iowa. All right, interesting. Boy, Brad Holmes very much into drafting offense we'll get to the Gibbs pick yesterday that I still think is is very bizarre my point about the Raiders if no one else wanted Ryan Tannehill and they're like all right we don't want him we'll pay the salary someone take him yeah boy I would love to have that guy as the backup on the Raiders I think that that would be a great role for him to play play backup I mean that would give you some security there I don't know how much you could get that deal done for. Like what? Almost like, impossible. Yeah, it's it's pretty the much. Titans impossible. have to eat all the money. Yeah, that's 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 what would have to happen. But I mean, hey, it could. Yeah, going back to the Will Levis pick, the downside of him, and just thinking about the Titans here, he does the thing that you don't want to do, and I think that what the Titans have been really good at doing is why they've been successful in their division and being a playoff contender just about every year is control possessions. And part of that is Derrick Henry being a, a beast running the ball, so you, you basically eat the whole clock up. But Tannehill, for, for what how maybe insufficient he's been as a star quarterback, he took care of the ball for the most part. Yeah. Will Levis's knock is that he doesn't take care of the ball. So I, it'd be interesting to see how that works out. But, I mean, they, they like him, obviously, enough to trade up to go get him for whatever reason. All right. The drama beginning. The Raiders have moved up. Uh-oh. The Raiders have moved up. So they just traded to get up to the 35th pick of the draft. As we told you so far, Joey Porter 
to the Steelers. Will Levis in a trade to the Titans. Lions stick where they are. Are they going Brian Branch here? Sam Laporta goes. You think for the Raiders? You think they? You don't think they go traditional corner? I I, I don't see that they would trade up to go corner. I I think Brian Branch may be the best overall defensive player left. Yeah. So I I don't. Do we play the best backup, available? The backup or? quarterback game after I just said go get a veteran like Tannehill. Yeah, going up for Hendon Hooker. The Rams are at thirty six. Seattle at thirty seven. Could be interested in quarterbacks. Boy, I hate doing this, but this is, this is, there there were words out of Raiders camp that you know the guys they liked were C.J. Stroud and Young. They didn't think they'd get them, and then they were hoping that Hooker could be yeah available at thirty eight. So I they oh, have they have an extra oh third. That was the Waller pick. I'm gonna go and say it now. If they pick, if they pick Hendon Hooker. I think it's a mistake. I don't think they trade up to go get Hendon because I think he'd been there right where they were, at uh, with the seventh pick on the day. I think they were at with pick 38. I think he'd have still been there. So trading up, I think they're going defense, and only reason I think they would trade up is to get the best available, which I think is Brian Branch of the defensive players. I think this should be, from the look of it, should be an all defense draft, and I think at this point you look go best you. available. All right, Branch uh, on. On one best available list, and this is actually the original rankings from the start of the draft, Porter, this site, CBS, actually had Porter, the 12th-ranked player's player, Branch, the 17th-ranked player. Uh, Hooker's way down, but obviously there's a positional need there. Interesting. So we're we're waiting for them to come back from break. We'll see. I mean, I could spoil it by just reading Twitter, but I don't want to do that. I think it's interesting, too, that the Lions went Laporte from Iowa. Laporta from Iowa, and while Michael Mayer is still there, and I mean Campbell's a former tight end, so he—I mean—I trust his evaluation of tight ends. So, but I thought that Mayer was the best tight end in the draft, and there's been two that have gone before him, which is—I mean, maybe that may be the shock of the draft right now to me right. right now. So we think candidates are quarterback Hendon Hooker. The Raiders again, folks, have moved up. Quarterback Hendon Hooker. You're saying. The Raiders could go defense. Why trade up? Why give up draft equity and not get a defensive player, maybe the best player available left on the board in Brian Branch? I mean, I think they have the tight ends in place right now. Yeah. Do they have to go and and grab one now? Darnell Washington is available. That would be an interesting selection. Let's go back to the podium and coverage here with Raj. Here's the commissioner. The Indianapolis Colts have traded the 25th, 35th pick to the Las Vegas Raiders. With the 35th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame. Well, there you go. They, uh, they go offense. It's hard to hold down Josh McDaniels. On this one, <laughs> Michael Mayer is a hell of a prospect. Oh, yeah. Uh, you and I, you were upstairs. I was down on the field, and you and I watched Michael Mayer go up against UNLV, and he made some ridiculous catches, diving catches, double coverage. Yeah. He's got good size. He's got great hands. Um, I do wonder why he wasn't taken first of the tight ends in the draft. That honor went yesterday to the – Faith Lutheran and San Diego and Utah player 
Dalton Kincaid. So what do you think of this pick? You know, I you, it kind of makes sense because I think they wanted a tackle, and with with Mayer, you get basically an, another offensive lineman, right? He he's a very good blocking tight end as well. Everybody's going to look at him as a pass catcher, which he's great at, but he's also a good blocking tight end, especially coming out of Notre Dame. They do a lot of heavy run game stuff where the tight ends are involved in the run blocking. So you kind of address two needs there with a, a, an extended offensive lineman as well as a pass catcher downfield. I don't mind it. I Again, I would have gone defense, but Michael Mayer is a good pickup. I would have gone defense too. I'm sticking to my guns on this one, but they got a high upside pass catcher, a replacement for Darren Waller. Hell of a player, Michael Mayer to the Raiders. Rolling on halfway through Cofield and Company live on ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Mateo with the setup here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Caleb Herring is the co-host, former UNLV quarterback, is alongside. The Raiders just made their selection. Before we break that down a little bit more with another tight end in Michael Mayer. I say another tight end because that was Steve Smith on the way back. You know, I saw that piece of audio that our vast sound crew grabbed with Smith raving about Dalton Kincaid. Then I, was, then I put two and two together. I was like, oh, Steve Smith went to Utah. I was kind of wondering where this was coming from. <laughs> I got to tell you, he said a lot of nice things about Dalton Kincaid. I think most are true. He contradicted himself a little bit by saying he's not fast, but then he can run by you. But his comp, uh, I'm not using a first-round pick on the comp of Hayden Hurst, who I think last year was his fifth or sixth year. Mm-hmm. He's had two years where he's caught over 50. Last year I think he had 58, but it was for like 380 yards. I mean, good player, but not a first-round pick. So I would, I would hope yeah. that the belief is the Bills are going to get a lot more out of Dalton Kincaid than a Hayden Hurst. That is the hope. I think, they're, I think what the Bills are trying to duplicate, and I don't know that this was the tight end to do it with, but they're trying to duplicate what Travis Kelsey is to the Chiefs in that they have a tight end that is a mismatch problem. I don't know that Kincaid is as serious a mismatch as Travis Kelsey. Like, I, I would not I would never make that. How comparison. dare you? How, yeah. How dare you not allow him unbelievable, to be, to be right? Travis Kelsey? Like, that was just not right of me to, I don't, yeah, I don't think to ever Kelsey. assume. You know, but I think that's what the Bills were shooting for. But I don't think that Kincaid is that. And like you said, not first-round worthy in my opinion. I don't know what the Bills saw. Maybe they love him. Maybe Steve Smith is right about and, and gush, gushing about him. He's right. He saw something that I didn't see. I didn't watch as much as Dalton Kincaid as I'm sure Steve Smith did. Um, but, again, I thought the best tight end in the draft was Michael Mayer. He ends up being the third tight end off the board to the Raiders. So we'll get a chance to see him up close and personal here in Vegas. We've seen him live and in person on the field. I understand that he is a problem, um, and I think he – he is reminiscent of one Rob Gronkowski, yeah. which makes sense because, you know, Patriot West is kind of what the Raiders are becoming. Um, so it, it might look very similar to those those Patriot years with Gronk there with the tight end situation. They've got an athletic tight end because, you know, they, they signed a couple tight ends in the offseason and then adding the big blocking tight end that can catch everything over the middle, runs great routes, has good hands, is a behemoth of a human being. I don't know. It just really looks Patriot Westy to me. So, <laughs> it I, I I would go defense. Yep. I think defense is the issue in Las Vegas right now, and I guess I guess not much of a priority when you're going and trading up to get tight ends here with the first pick of the second round. Raiders move from 38 to 35. They take Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end. The Rams went with an offensive lineman. The Seahawks at 37 go with Derek Hall, a D lineman. 
from Auburn. This will be something to judge, you know, three years from now if Michael Mayer is not a, you know, 50 or 60 catch tight end with 800 yards. And this year will be tough because they have other tight ends. They have experienced tight ends in. Right. But maybe they're planning on using a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, but we'll kind of measure this pick against especially some of the defensive players who go after this. You know, it was interesting listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 earlier and their coverage leading up to the 4 o'clock start of the draft. Both Lincoln Kennedy, as they were kind of, they, what they were talking about was uh, the Chargers going wide receiver in Quentin Johnston. And they, they kind of went round and round. And then Lincoln's like, you know what? Maybe the Chargers are just looking at this like no one is going to be able to stop the Chiefs. The job now is to keep up with them. And maybe that's the way the Raiders are looking at it. They have plenty of picks left. Believe me, they're going to take a lot of defensive players. But the goal, you know, it's not going to be to out, out. You're not going to out offense the Chiefs, but almost like defense through offense, possess the ball. Draft rolling on. It's uh, pretty fast right now as picks are being traded left and right. We did just watch the Raiders go offense. Tight end Michael Mayer. Two of the next three picks on defense. A couple of uh, actually one offensive player in uh, check that defensive player in Derek Hall. All right. So let's get to what the Raiders just did with Michael Mayer. Let's talk about yesterday with Tyree Wilson. Let's talk about what the Raiders could be doing moving forward and some of the bigger stories around the National Football League. Stanford Route, the former Oakland Raider, is with Caleb Herring, former UNLV player and co-field. Stanford? <laughs> fellas, fellas, what's going on, man? Happy uh, Friday to you. Happy Friday to you. Um, I'm not saying I don't like Michael Mayer, and I think he's a valuable player. The tight well, end, I, they, they, the tight end they just took, but I'm I I came into this thing so set mentally on getting defensive players. Uh, you tell me what you think of Michael Mayer moving up to get a tight end in the second. I mean, you, you, I'm definitely right there with you when you say that you were just under the assumption that the Raiders would probably go heavily on the defense side of the ball the first uh, several picks because I mean, I guess it was another team that blew a record five double-digit point leads last year to blow the game, but I digress. Um, I think that uh, I think that Mayer's a, a good tight end, obviously big body. He's able to make tough catches, somebody that could be a target in the red zone. He's not going to be a Darren Waller. We can all clearly see that from an athleticism standpoint, but he'll still be able to be somebody that's productive. But like what you were just saying, Steve, I believe that this was a draft that you got to attack the defensive side of the ball and especially trying to go get another DN, another edge rusher when you already have Max Crosby, when you still have Chandler Jones. And yes, he's not the same player that he once was with the Patriots or the Cardinals, but he still has something left in the tank. I just feel that you have to attack the back seven part of the defense. Speaking on that, because the Raiders obviously went Tyree Wilson doubling up on edge rushers with Max Crosby. Uh, you would, based on that last statement, I would say you agree with me that cornerback or secondary players would have been preferred. Cornerback Christian Gonzalez was on the board. Joey Porter was on the board. Brian Branch even was still on the board. The safety from Alabama. Any of those three guys you see would have addressed the needs in the secondary for the Raiders going into next season? I mean, they definitely would have been able to inject some youth into the into this already porous secondary, should I say the porous back seven. But that's where I have to go ahead and pause. And I simply say that because we all can agree. You can look at everybody, all the draft ex experts, look at all the prospects and everything coming into this draft. And it was not going to be a talent-rich draft as far as 
depth. That was something that you were not going to see. Now, are there good players? Yes, there are. But as far as guys who you know you can plug in day one or first game of the season and you truly feel like they're going to turn out a Pro Bowl level season, maybe not go to the Pro Bowl, but play at that high of a level, that's where a lot of people had their apprehensions. That's where a lot of people just simply had their hesitances. And so that could very well be why the Raiders did not go corner in the first round at the number seven pick, taking Tyree Wilson out of uh, uh, University of Texas Tech. So that could very well be the case because you look at Joy Porter, uh, Joy Porter Jr., look at Christian Gonzalez, you look at Witherspoon, you look at uh, Banks out of uh, out of Maryland, you look at Forbes out of Mississippi State, and maybe they did not see a guy that they feel is going to be an impact maker, who's going to be a difference maker picking that early in the draft at the cornerback position, or just said, or should I say, in the secondary. And with that in mind, you're talking about sort of player fit for the Raiders. And going back to Michael Mayer, who they just picked in the second round, traded up to get, this is really, to me, starting to look like more and more Patriot West here with the formula as far as plugging players in to fit the system. And from that lens, does it make sense, sort of as the Rob Gronkowski to that Patriot system, to go for a guy like Michael Mayer, who is kind of a dual tight end who can block in the box with the best of the offensive linemen as well as be a threat down the middle in the passing game and play action. Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what, you, what you just saw in the last 30 minutes is what led you to the conclusion that this is Patriots West. Uh, has, what's been, has what's transpired over the last year or so, not giving you reason <laughs> to come to the conclusion that this is Patriots West. So I, I, I trust me, I, I get it. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think that the drafting of mayor right now with the, they moved up to what was it? The 34th or 35th pick. I forget which one it was that right there. It just is just another chink in the armor, which you already were able to extrapolate from what the Raiders have been doing over the last 15, 16 months. So I, I get it. And I understand you trade away Darren Waller, which is something I did not agree with. So obviously you got to replace that. But you got Jimmy G as the quarterback right now for the time being. You have a Devontae Adams. You have Josh Jacobs back for another year. You have a Hunter Renfro. So you have a nucleus of weapons right now on the offensive side of the ball that you can that can get you points on the board, that can help you be productive. I just feel that that was a pick you could have used on the defensive side of the ball. And listen. Maybe the Raiders are feeling like there's not a lot of talent on the defense side of the ball within this draft. Maybe they're feeling like a lot of these guys that are going in the top 40 picks are simply the best of what college football has to offer this past season, but not somebody that they feel is going to be a difference maker at the next level. Maybe that's maybe that's the case. Maybe it is. Somebody's going to need to go ahead and, and, and solidify that for me and tell me that rather than me just assume that. So I, I, I get it. I definitely understand what you're saying about Patriots West. And if it's Patriots West, then you know what? Hopefully we can go ahead and turn this defense into one of those top defenses that we saw winning Super Bowls with Tom Brady in the early 2000s or even in any of the, of the last three that he had from his days in New England. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno, the former Raider Stanford Route joins us every Friday. He's on with us again, breaking down the uh, first and early parts of the second round of the draft, talking about the Raiders picks. We uh, just got to Michael Mayer. I want to go back to Tyree Wilson. Now, you just gave Caleb the real low, quiet reaction. I hope I don't get this. I'm just saying from a body type standpoint that 
Tyree Wilson, if he grows into his body a little more, is already a behemoth. I'm not saying he's Richard Seymour, but clearly, you know, he's one of those guys who he's he's massive. He's not he's not in the mold of some of the the new guys who are down at six three and two forty. Do you like that sort of defensive end who maybe can move inside as well? Steve. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> Steve. Well, for one, and, and, and let me go ahead and first start off by saying this. Listen, Tyree Wilson, drafted out of Texas Tech, transferred from Texas A&M. He's from Texas. So you know what? I ride with all my Texas guys. I first got to say that. But more importantly, I played with the guy that you just – compared him to a guy who just got his hall of fame induction got his hall of fame phone call and i want to make sure that i go ahead and just point that out listen richard seymour somebody that i played with somebody i respect that you know what out of somebody that i learned a lot from both as a player and as a man and that is somebody that we all in the locker room we looked at him like he was half ox because like he was just that strong <laughs> Born, born in rural South Carolina on a farm. So he's just got that natural strength. And listen, if you want to go ahead and say that Tyree Wilson has the body type, I get it. But let's go ahead and make sure that we pause and we understand that Richard Seymour is in a class of his own. That's why he's got a gold jacket now. So I want to first go ahead and point that out and make sure that we all are understanding of that. So listen, Tyree Wilson, I hope that he turns out to be a stud like Max Crosby. I hope that i'm just simply saying that in that position given what the raiders already have with chandler jones and with max crosby i feel that there are other pressing needs Damn. on the defensive side of the ball rather than edge rushing all right well their chain their uh their plan may have changed we're talking to stanford route he's up on cofield and company caleb herring is here it's cofield their plan may have changed when Witherspoon went off the board. I was kind of a big surprise that the Illinois cornerback went to Seattle. I'm not saying the Raiders panicked at that point, but I wonder what the original plan was at seven. Uh, although we've been told that they made up their mind on Wilson a while back. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. So that's where I believe that for pick number seven, going back and reevaluating this draft, this draft pick for the Raiders, what have you. That's why, to me, it's going to be a wait-and-see approach. I don't think that we can sit up and we can go ahead and make an accurate assessment right now just because the Raiders may have simply just felt like Witherspoon wasn't the type of player they wanted. They may have felt the same way about Christian Gonzalez. They may have felt that way about several guys in the back end. So that's why, in that situation, the Raiders could have just simply picked best player available. You know, Jalen Carter obviously was still on the board, but we all can see that the Raiders over the last couple of years, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, it being the Patriots West, they want high character guys. They want guys that don't necessarily have a blemish on their resume, any sort of character issues, things like that. So that's why Tyree Wilson was the best player available rather than Jalen Carter at that juncture at pick number seven. Overall NFL, can you make any sense of why – I'm going to blame it on the Ravens. Why the Ravens did all this with Lamar Jackson and then just eventually sign him for the top deal anyway? What was the point? I think that Lamar Jackson wanted a Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed deal. 
And we can all see as the days go by, you saw last year Russell Wilson, then you see Jalen Hurts. I believe there was another quarterback that was in there that was signed, and he did not get fully guaranteed as well. So we can see that's an anomaly. That's an aberration. So that was something that I think for Lamar Jackson, he needed to go ahead and see for himself. You notice the Baltimore Ravens, they went ahead and they applied the non-exclusive tag, which basically says, hey, you can go and date other people. And if you decide that you have a great connection, then you know what? They can marry you if they want to. Now, they're going to have to go ahead and uh, front us two first-round picks for, uh, for your services if they choose to marry you. And as you saw for a whole month, nobody was really kicking the tires on Lamar, on Lamar Jackson from the standpoint of signing him to an exorbitant contract and then also giving the Baltimore Ravens two first-round picks. So I think that for the Baltimore Ravens, this was a happy medium. They give Lamar Jackson the total number, $52 million a year per average. So he's now the highest paid player in NFL history. And then they don't give him the fully guaranteed money that he was looking for, but still a very, very large number of $185 million. So both sides can walk away saving face. Both sides can walk away from this smiling, feeling like, you know what, this is a great deal for both parties. And I think that's really uh, how it all came out, how it shook out. But I think the Baltimore Ravens wanted to make sure that they relayed the point across to Lamar Jackson. We're not going to give you the full guarantee. And just to prove that we're not completely out to lunch with our belief, we're going to allow you to seek that from other teams. And when they don't give you that, they don't offer you that, that's when you will then see that, okay, you know what, the Baltimore Ravens clearly are not are, are not all the way just out of the park on this. And then lastly, the Jalen Hurts contract that just was signed about 11 days ago was a perfect blueprint. That was a perfect template for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to go ahead and have a starting point. Stanford, great job. We'll, uh, we won't freak out about the Raiders until we see the rest of the picks. That's a smart approach. <laughs> we appreciate you saying that. they still got 70 and 100 today. So thanks for your time. And everyone out there, make sure you listen to uh, Believe in Raiders podcast, Dennis Ackerman, and the one, the only, Stanford Route. Stanford, thank you so much. Thank you, guys, man. Y'all be good. Be safe. You too. Have a good weekend. All right. All right, a bunch of players off the board. So we get ready to go to the 5 o'clock hour if you want to continue listening. LVSportsNetwork.com. Caleb Herring. Former college football player is hanging out with us here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Just saw Isaiah Foskey, defensive end from Notre Dame, go off the board. I like that guy more than I like Michael Mayer. We'll break that down. Uh, also, a linebacker just went from LSU to the Arizona Cardinals. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Get on down here. 55-plus TVs. Check out all the sports going on tonight. NBA playoffs, NHL. NFL draft. The place is buzzing. T.I. on a Friday.